Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez, and my guest today is Deborah Corey. Deborah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, looking forward to this. We've never done a, a deep dive specifically on employee recognition and the benefits of that. And Deborah, who's with me today, is an award-winning HR leader and an author of several books, which we're going to chat about. And she's going to share her experiences and advice on how to improve or how to even do employee recognition well, which results typically in improved retention, but also productivity, motivation, and engagement, which are all the things that we want to hopefully keep uh, productive and engaged employees. If you want to receive more information about the Howard business, including the show notes page for this episode and how you can continue supporting my show and receive exclusive content and discounts through a Patreon membership, just visit thehowofbusiness.com. So let me tell you a little bit more about Deborah. Deborah Corey is a highly experienced and award-winning HR leader, a world-class speaker, consultant, and five-time author who has been named as one of the top 101 global employee engagement influencers. She had a varied career working for global companies such as Gap Incorporated. Can, can, I knew I was going to mess it up. <laughs> Quintiles, right? Quintiles? Absolutely. Quintiles. Thank you for helping me there. Uh, Merlin Entertainments and Reward Gateway, where at all these businesses, all these corporations rather, she developed and delivered people strategies in a rebellious way, as she says, pushing the boundaries and challenging the status quo to truly drive employee engagement. She now acts as the chief pay it forward officer at Debco HR, where she inspires and works with others to bring out their inner rebel and drive cultural and business change through employee engagement. We will reference several of Deborah's books, as I said, for this conversation on employee recognition and retention for small business owners, including uh, Appreciate It, the playbook for employee recognition, See It, Say It, Appreciate It, the Manager's Guide to Employee Recognition. And that's your latest, right, Deborah? Absolutely. It just came out a week ago. Right. See It, Say It, Appreciate It, the Manager's Guide to Employee Recognition. That's her most recent. And also another great one, Built It, the Rebel Playbook for Employee Engagement. Deborah lives in the London, England area. Once again, Deborah Corey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. All right. So I want to start where we usually start, which is with your journey. And so I'm curious, as I was doing the research, you obviously have a long career, as I highlighted in the bio here, of focusing on people, HR. What brought about that focus for you? How did you end up there? Do you know, I would love to say that it was something that I had decided early on I was going to do, and I studied it when I went to college and university, but I absolutely fell into it. Is I, that right? uh, I did competitive gymnastics, and my last year I didn't compete, and I had all this time free, and I was bored out of my mind, so I got a part-time job in the uh, university, and it was in the human resources office. And I absolutely fell in love with it. And every time I sort of started thinking, should I try something else? My job changed, the country changed, the organization changed. And uh, that's why I've been doing it for over 20 years. What are a couple of the things you think that you liked about it then and that you still like about it now? 
it's something about that idea of being able to make a difference. And I know as business owners, I'm sure that a lot of you, that's why you have your business. You want to make a difference. You want to make an impact. And human resources, I can absolutely see the impact that I make on people, either at a macro level or a micro level. You know, one person comes to me and I can absolutely see the difference I, I do with that individual. Or when I put in place a, you know, a new program, we're going to be talking about recognition. I can see how I've impacted people's lives, sometimes even changed people's lives. So um, I love that aspect of it. Yeah, that makes sense. So, you know, as I highlighted, long career working for corporations, what is it that then leads you at a certain point to start Debco HR? Well, again, I sort of partially fell into it. I, um, my, one of my last corporate roles, I got put on gardening leave, which is something in the UK as an American. What's it, what was UK, it again? It's called gardening leave. So it's what happens is for senior level roles, sometimes what they do is they don't want you working for someone else, but they uh, don't want you to stay in the organization because you're very <laughs> senior. So they for six months, you get put on gardening leave. And I guess in the old days, you would garden for six right. months. Um, but for me, it happened in the winter. So didn't really, wasn't really much I could do from gardening. So I got out my bucket list and on my bucket list was to write a book. So that was where my first book came about. And it gave me this passion for writing. And when I joined my most recent company, Reward Gateway, they brought me on board to do HR, but also to help the CEO write another book. And they sent me around the world and I did talks and I worked with clients. So long story short, it made me realize that as much as I loved working in a company doing human resources, I could make an even greater impact doing it out on my own. And that's why I took the bold step of after 20 years going out on my own and, and setting up my company. Yeah, it is. It is a bold step. If you think back to when you took that, when you made that move, what, what was the feeling? What were you what were you feeling about that as far as, you know, the risk of it anyway? Well, I did. It's interesting. There's a book by Charles Handy called The Second Curve, and I was reading it as I was thinking about doing it. And he talks about when you're going to move into a new curve, so a new career or a new business. Sometimes what's good is to have one foot in and one foot out. And that's exactly what I was lucky to do. So I had the safety of my company job and I did that 50 percent of my time. And then the other 50 percent, I sort of stuck my big toe into my new business and tried it out to see if I could do that. So uh, for someone like me who might not be as, uh, you know, who's a bit more risk adverse than maybe some of you uh, business owners out there, it was a great way for me to make sure that I would feel comfortable doing it and also take a couple missteps along the way. Sure. Yeah. No, a lot of us do take it that way, you know, whether you call it a side hustle or, uh, and you were fortunate to have that opportunity. It sounds like yes. some level of flexibility at the position that you had. So that's, that's always a, a great way to take that first step because uh, you have that backup, right? Yes. Uh, you, you, you said it, you know, uh, loving to do that, that, that loving that impact on people now beyond the impact, what is it that you love about being your own boss, about owning your own business? I think what it is, is I've always liked the strategic side. So as I worked my way up the career path, I always loved the strategy, the big picture and like puzzles, putting the pieces together. And it gives me the opportunity to do that and to really think through my, my mission is to pay it forward. My mission is to help companies be more rebellious. And I can constantly look for different ways to do that. Um, one of the first things I did when I started my company was I came up with company values, which 
a lot of small businesses don't have those because they right. think you only have a few people. But I wanted to come up with values to make sure that as I was trying new things and you know creating new pathways, that I would have something to lead me. So I've got two really simple values. The first is open the door to possibility. So always remind myself that that's what I should do. Never shut the door on something, try something new. And then the other value is create magic and try to create magic in, in everything that I do. And that really helps me as I'm trying to figure out, especially after what we've all been through over the last couple of years, where my pathway is going to go and what yeah. to try next. Yeah, no, I love that. Love that. All right, let's dive into it now, Deborah. Thanks for sharing that, that journey and the inspiration there. Employee recognition. I'd like that. I thought maybe we'd start with this question. What, from your perspective, why is it important um, and how is it that employee recognition can lead to retaining employees? But let, let's start with that. Why, why is employee, why should I care as a small business owner about employee recognition? So it's interesting. Um, every time I do a workshop with managers, before I even start using the words employee recognition, I just ask people to raise their hands if they agree with me. So do you think that it's important to give your people feedback? Do you think it's important for them to know over and over again how they're doing, if they're going in the right direction or the wrong direction? Everybody obviously raises their hand when it comes to that. Do you think it's important for your employees to feel valued like they're making a difference? Again, everybody raises their hand. Do you think it's important for your people to be productive? Everyone raises their hand. And the, the point of this, I could go on for the next 15 minutes on this one. The point is that employee recognition has so many amazing powers. It can do so many different things. So there's a lot of people who only see it one dimensionally, like, oh, it's going to make someone feel happy, which absolutely it does. But there's so many other powers that no matter who you are, what your business does, I would be very surprised if recognition could not tick the box of at least one, two, three of your overall objectives. Mm -hmm. So why have we traditionally as business owners, at least certainly in the States, uh, have we not been, especially small business owners, as you alluded to, you know, larger organizations have HR departments, have different programs. But for us as small business owners, we usually don't. We usually don't have an HR. We don't even have an HR person, right? Yeah. And, and so I, I think that there's this, this approach, and we'll talk more about it, that has shifted, especially with today's uh, generation. But why have we failed at this so badly as small business owners in the past, do you think? Well, I think a lot of times it gets put on the back burner and mm -hmm. we think, you know, we're so busy. We're moving so quickly. I don't have the time to show appreciation. I don't have time to recognize. So that's that's one of it. You know, I don't have time. Another one is, I don't know how, because yeah. what I find a lot of times when I'm talking to business owners, managers, leaders, it might not be important to them. You know, they got to the level that they are because, you know, they've, they've really been able to motivate themselves and they might not need other people to do some of the things that recognition does. So sometimes we don't realize the impact that it can have. And, you know, I always challenge people and tell stories of how, you know, just next time you say thank you to someone, just watch them, just see mm -hmm. how they react. I, my husband, who's about six, three, I remember he told me how um, someone had recognized him and he was like skipping through the hallways, you know, so a six foot three guy with the beard, <laughs> engineering manager skipping through the hallways. That's how, how much it made him feel like he made a difference. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this because he'd be very embarrassed <laughs> that, I just, that I just said that. Yeah. 
I'm six three as well, so I, oh, I can I can go. envision it very well. <laughs> but but I mean, you're absolutely. We all as humans crave that, right? And I but I think that for us of us, those of us who are older, uh, we come from like you just alluded to. We come from an environment where that just is not the way it was done, and we don't know how. We end up now being business owners, and we don't know how to do this well, do we? And we don't know what to to recognize. And again, it it might seem obvious. But sometimes, you know, I get a lot of questions like, can you ever recognize too often? So if I recognize someone on Monday and on Tuesday, they do a great job on something different, is that going to cause problems? So it's really just trying to figure out uh, the why and the when of, of how to get that recognition right. Right. Because, I mean, it still has to be uh, as genuine as possible, right? Uh, it still has to be something that has some meaning. Otherwise, people read through that pretty quickly as well. Absolutely. People know when it's just lip service. They know, you know, it's like your kids, you know, you keep telling them, great job, great job. And they're like, mom, you say that all the time. And it completely, <laughs> completely loses the impact of it. So yeah, it's that I, balance. Absolutely. I speak to that, that same, I use that same term <laughs> lipstick, lipstick on a pig that, that, uh, you know, you see at a lot of poorly run fast food restaurants, at least here in the States, the, the plaque of the employee of the month or, You'll go in somewhere and you see the soaring eagle poster and, and there is no meaning behind it. The owners don't really believe it. It's just something they think they're supposed to do. And the employees don't believe it. Right. Yeah. And that's why what I'm trying to do is to change the focus. And um, because a lot of times we and I, I definitely have done this throughout my career, we focus so much on that recognition award. And we don't focus on how the person is going to feel at the end. And I've got a great example that someone shared with me. There was a, uh, a hospital in the U.S. and they wanted to um, thank their people to recognize their, their staff for going above and beyond with patients. And they decided, well, we're going to give them a voucher for coffee to go get a cup of coffee outside of the hospital because, you know, we all make fun of hospital coffee. <laughs> and it sounded like a great idea. You know, when I heard it, I was like, that's great. What a fantastic idea. I wish I'd thought of that myself. And then unfortunately, some of the feedback they got from their employees was that the way that they actually felt was, I've just saved this person's life, or I've just stayed up all night with this patient's family, and I get a cup of coffee. That's all you give me. So I'm not saying that you did anything wrong because it is trial and error, Absolutely. but I really encourage people to first start with what is the feeling that, that you want at the end and is it right for your people? Cause we're all so, so different. Yeah. Great, great points there. So, so looking back on that, and I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think that what can happen is a situation like that could cause someone to say, well, forget it. We're not going to do this anymore because look at how badly it failed. Right. Yep. So, so, so trial and error, but what, what could they have done differently there now in hindsight? Well, one of the things that I always do first is I go out and I speak to my people and I listen to my people and I understand what is going to be meaningful for them. So I do these sessions, these say and do sessions. So when you do this, what should we say through recognition and appreciation to make you feel valued? And if you don't have a lot of money, so, you know, I don't know this hospital, so I didn't go and speak to them personally, sure, yeah. but you know, if I was this hospital and they said to me, well, the reason we did the coffee vouchers is we didn't have a lot of money. That's great. But the way that I would communicate it to my employees is, you know what guys, I know it's a coffee voucher. You know, we have to watch every single penny that we have, but know that that is a big cup of coffee and that coffee has a lot of meaning 
and really just make sure that people get that feeling by understanding, you know, the impact of just getting that coffee voucher. And yeah. it completely can change the feeling just by communicating it more effectively. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I get that. And, and, you know, some other ideas might have been, you know, uh, uh, this, the CEO is going to come with you to have the cup of coffee or, you know, I mean, one of the things that maybe you might have been more commensurate to the effort might have been time off, but they might not have been able to afford to do that. Right. Yeah. Um, so I get what you're saying. It's how it's positioned and how you think about the employee's feelings. That is the the the, the bigger takeaway here. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a big believer, not just with recognition, but everything is choice because Ah, too many times I've tried to find that perfect thing. I remember I worked for one company and to recognize um, years of service, we had this designer design the most beautiful watches. So thank you for your time. And you get this watch that you couldn't get anywhere else. And we thought this was going to be amazing. (laughs) And then we heard some of our employees were selling them on eBay because they didn't want to watch. And I always remember that every single time I design a program and I try to add flexibility and choice so that the the manager and the people can pick what's most appropriate to create that feeling. Yeah, that's a great takeaway. Just making a note there. Okay. um, As before we get into, you know, how to do it, you you also talk about what you call a a revolution. And I'll have you explain why you use that term specifically, but (laughs) it's, it's that state of employee engagement that we're in now. We all find ourselves with that. So tell me a little bit about your observations there and, and why you coined it that way. Well, my second book that I wrote, I think I mentioned that my second book I wrote, I wrote with the CEO of of my company and it's called The Rebel Play. And we just started joking about we're creating a revolution and we want we want people to join our revolution. So that was in what, I think 2018. And I bring that with me everywhere because the whole idea is to challenge the way we think and act. And my CEO and I used to joke because when we'd finish a chapter, if I didn't feel a little bit nervous and apprehensive at the end, because it was so different than what I had done, we went back and wrote it again, because we really wanted people like me and new people to HR to really start looking and doing things differently if we were ever going to change the state of employee engagement. Yeah. And so is that what you meant by being a rebel is going against how it's always been done or the status quo in HR? Is that what it's about? Yeah. You know, I think it starts with asking the question why. And sometimes what I might have done 20 years ago might work. But I think it really starts with asking the question why. Why am I doing it? Listening to my people and then making sure that you align everything to make sure that it drives the right results. But often it is letting go of some of the old ways that we did things in the past. And I'll give you a perfect example. In the middle of writing this book with my CEO, uh, we were putting in a recognition program and the employees were getting, I think I gave everybody 15, no, 12 opportunities once a month to be able to give a colleague, I think it was a $15 voucher. It was only $15. That's it. And I was all ready to do what I had done over and over again, which was when they wanted to do it, it would have to come to me in HR and I would have to sign off. Mm-hmm. And my, my CEO looked at me, he goes, you're writing a book about challenging the status quo and a right. revolution. Why are you going to slow down the process by sign, you know, by signing things off? And I said, you know what? You're right. I went right into that comfort zone. I turned the switch off. And you know what? Nothing bad happened. If anything, 
I had to continually remind my people, you've got these lovely vouchers, use them. Use them, yeah. They didn't go crazy. They didn't give them to their best friends or to themselves. It worked fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a brilliant example of how to not create friction in the process because you want to control it. And that at the end of the day, most most of your staff, the vast majority of you, they want to do the right thing, right? Yeah. And there's so, something so we, we always say that there's like one or 2% of our people who are breaking the rules, but we design all of our rules around those one or 2%. That's right. And they're going to get caught doing something eventually anyway. So to your point, don't bog down your rules based off of those people. Agreed. Agreed. This is Henry Lopez, briefly pausing this episode to invite you to schedule a free coaching consultation with me. I welcome the opportunity to chat with you about your business plans and offer the guidance and accountability that we all need to achieve success. As an experienced small business owner myself, I understand the challenges you're experiencing, and often it's about helping you ask the right questions to help you make progress towards achieving your goals. Whether it's getting started with your first business or growing and maybe exiting your existing small business, I can help you get there. To find out more about my business coaching services and to schedule your free coaching consultation, please visit thehowofbusiness.com. Take that next step today towards finally realizing your business ownership dreams. I look forward to speaking with you soon. All right, I'd like to get into this is at a high level here in this discussion, but but I thought it would be good to talk about what you call the four golden rules of employee recognition because that'll help that'll help me with understanding how to do this. So let's go through those, the four golden rules of employee recognition. The first one is make recognition meaningful. And some of this we've touched on already, but it's worth repeating. So what do you mean by that? Make recognition meaningful. Well, let me, before before I answer that question, let me take a step back because I'm a big believer that the only way that any of us are ever going to remember and action things is to create something easy to remember. So the four golden rules are the four things we must do. And each of the letters of the word must stands for one. So as I'm going through that, remember that must, M-U-S-T. But yeah, meaningful. Um, it's so important for recognition to be meaningful. You know, whether you're using it a monetary reward or a non-monetary reward. It needs to be meaningful for the individual. We talked about that already. Yeah. You know, is a coffee voucher going to be meaningful? It also has to be meaningful for the company. So are there certain things that you as a, as a business owner really need from your people? I don't know. Maybe you're having a problem with customer service. So maybe you can come up with some way to really try to motivate people and to get people to really perform and use recognition. So meaningful in that way, and also meaningful in what you say and what you do. So through the rewards, but even the words, I mean, like, have you ever gotten, I don't know, a birthday card or a, a <laughs> anniversary card or something where the person only signs their name and you think that person really didn't care at all. So how can you write um, a meaningful message? And there's a model I use from a book called Crave by Greg Lederman. Um, which is AVI. So you say what action the person did. So what did they do that you're recognizing them? You link it to your company value, if you have your value or something that's important, your objective, and then you share the impact last but not least. So what was the difference by what you did? And just by doing that, you can create meaning in such a more effective way, even if you just do that one simple thing. 
share the impact. And I think that what you were touching on there as well, which I've seen it be so effective, is that if that note or thank you card, even if it's brief, is handwritten by someone, you know, the owner or a VP or somebody um, at a higher level that, that I respect in particular, that has so much more impact, doesn't it, that recognition? Absolutely. As a, as a business owner, you do not know the impact that you can make just by doing a simple thank you. In my, If you could see my desk drawer, my top desk drawer, I save those handwritten notes from my business leaders and when I'm having a rough day. So they, they impact me when I get it. And when I'm having a rough day or I just need to motivate myself, I pull them out and I read them again. So just imagine as you're writing these notes, the impact it can have. Yeah, It's magical. Going back to, you know, you've, you've shared the example at the hospital. Now we touched on it here as well. As a small business owner, I, I think it makes sense for me to, as I put together a recognition program, to include maybe a couple of those key employees and have them provide input. I think that the reason I might be scared to do that is like, well, gosh, what if they come up with things things I cannot afford or I can't do? And now there's a big disappointment. But what do you think about that as to how to develop it? Absolutely. Some of my best ideas, actually all of my best ideas come from my people. So, and and they know they're going to surprise you actually. So I think I mentioned before that the uh, vouchers were for $15. When I did those say do exercises um, sessions with my employees, I, I set expectations. I'm like, I only have so much of a budget. Okay. And they actually came in lower than my budget. They said, we don't want big awards. We're the type of company where it's more important to get for everyone to feel appreciated than to give these big awards to just a few people. So the reason I came up with $15 is I said, well, what are the kinds of things that you would want to do when, when someone makes a contribution and helps you or whatever we, we mapped out? And they said, well, you know, I'd like to give them a box of chocolates, a bottle of wine, something like that. And that's literally how I came up with $15. And then they got a voucher that they could decide if they wanted wine, chocolate, or whatever they wanted to buy. Some people even saved the vouchers. My favorite story is one of my employees said he saved all of these little vouchers, bought a pair of shoes. And every time he wore the shoes, he thought of all the people who had thanked him and contributed to the shoes. That's wonderful. I love it. Yeah, great, great tip there of going into it with setting, here are the boundaries that we have, uh, and then open it up for for ideas, and people will respect that, they appreciate that, they understand that. Absolutely. All right. We we should do it in everything that we do. Yeah, no, uh, agreed. Good point. All right, so that's the M and must, the U is unified, make recognition unified. What does that mean? So I would have liked to use the letter I, but missed didn't have the same impact <laughs> as must. So it's all about being unified and inclusive. And I'm sure that every business owner right now is working on things to respect diversity, inclusion, and belonging. And I genuinely feel that when it comes to recognition and appreciation, actually many times it drives a wedge in between it because we create the haves and the have nots. You mentioned like the employee of the month, right? Mm-hmm. So you've made one person really happy. Mm-hmm. But what about all those other people who are contributing day in and day out? I call them the eye rollers. They're like, oh, yeah, that person's getting employee of the month again, or that person's getting employee of the quarter. And I'm not saying you can't do it, but find ways to be able to find recognition and appreciation in everyone. And I I challenge my employees. I'm like, it's not just a one-way street. You need to make sure that your boss knows the great things that you're doing, or they're never going to be able to appreciate you for it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's uh, you just kind of highlighted for me one of the other reasons I had didn't know that I hated the whole employee of the month thing. And I, when I say hate it, it can be done well. So let's let's take that back. But that's the point there. When it's done poorly, it creates more problems than it's worth. It creates resentment. It creates that eye rolling. Oh, that's the you know the teacher's pet, and that's why he and she always gets it. And so that's what you mean by unified. Try to make it a program that allows everybody an opportunity to be recognized. Is that right? Absolutely. And when I was writing the book, I was a bit obsessed with MasterChef Australia. So I've got this whole section of the book, Lessons Learned from MasterChef Australia. Because if you've ever watched, it's a cooking competition. And although you have winners and losers every episode, the way that they create different types of winners and the way that they celebrate, even when someone hasn't won, is again, I'm going to use the word magical. It's magical. And it's just every, even when people leave after losing, they're still thanking the judges because of how often they were appreciated throughout the show. Very interesting. You know, I, I think that that highlights a little bit, I'm generalizing here, but a little bit of a cultural difference. If you watch the competition shows in the United States yes, versus, for example, that the British Bake Off competition shows <laughs> that my wife loves to watch, it's such a stark difference in the United States. It's so, you know, winner and losers, and there's nothing in between. Um, and it creates what you see. And I guess we feed off of it is that that competition that gets ugly. Yeah. And yet it seems to me, again, generalizing when I watch these baking shows that are the British shows, you don't have that. And if that if nothing articulates more for <laughs> me as a business owner, why there's a difference there, that that's it right there, isn't it? And that's why I watch MasterChef Australia, because they're, I mean, like if someone messes up, three other people will go over and help them. Right. But yeah, that doesn't happen in every MasterChef. It, yeah, it person. doesn't. No, but no. that's what you want to happen in your business, isn't it? Absolutely. That 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 there is that environment of people rooting for each other, helping each other. And that's when you celebrate when people win, because you know that everyone is given that that equal chance and it's happening for the right reasons. Excellent. All right. The S is spotlight. Shine a spotlight on the recognition. I think we've touched on that, but tell me what that means. Yeah, that one is all about um, shining a spotlight by sharing it. So sometimes people think that recognition is just between one person and another. And sometimes it is. Sometimes it makes sense for it to be private, either because it's a confidential nature or some people just aren't good at being in the spotlight. But more often, especially with the new generation, putting it under the spotlight can be amazing because it can multiply the impact. You know, I announced that, you know, someone's done a great job. Everyone jumps in, you know, look at social media and all of a sudden, instead of feeling happy by one person, you've got 10, 15, 20 other people. The other thing is that it's like a free training class. So by spotlighting what someone's done, it's like, oh, that's what I need to do to be mm -hmm. recognized or that's what I need to succeed. And then it also, it connects us each other through recognition so again we don't even think of these things happening because of recognition but it can happen if you put the spotlight on it yeah yeah excellent all right and then the the t and the must is timely has to be timely so what does that mean so that's another one of my pet peeves is that too often we wait so we've just spoken about all the great benefits of it and then people wait for the end of the year and they have yeah, this or the, the next quarterly power. meeting yeah, or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. And you, by then, the person can't even remember what they've done. Mm -hmm. So it's losing the impact. It's lose, You're stifling performance. 
So we really need to move to more of this in the moment. And one of the ways that we can do it is by recognizing more of the small wins, not just the big wins. I, I interviewed a personal trainer when I was writing my book and he explained it as when he trains people to run a marathon, they don't celebrate successes just at the end. They celebrate those small wins. You know, the first time you ran in the rain or the first time you do a mile or something like that. And if we can think about that, it will absolutely then lead us into more timely recognition. Excellent. All right. So those were the four golden rules of employee recognition. Remember, remember the acronym must, of course, I'll have it spelled out on the show notes page for this episode at the howabusiness.com. M is for meaningful. U is for unified. S is to put a spotlight on it. And T is the last point here, the timeliness of it. Don't wait till the end of the year or the end of the quarter. You might, you might, uh, I think, revisit them, but mm-hmm. but the reward and the and the uh, the recognition needs to be as timely as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So close the gap. Absolutely. All right. You also talk about as we start to wrap it up here, which I think is important. Recognition style, I think, is the term that you use. And I think this was important. I wanted to chat about briefly because, again, as small business owners, sometimes I I have to know as the owner or my manager, I might have one or two managers, what our styles are and whether we need to evolve those styles or, or at least be conscious of it. So talk to me about that recognition style and what you mean by that and how that's important here. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what you said before about um, people can see through if we're not being genuine. So I think it's important to just understand, and it's through trial and error, what is your way to to recognize people? Is it to buy a stack of cards that have some image on it that is really meaningful for you? One company I worked with, each of the leaders designed their own card that aligned with you know who they were. I interviewed someone at KFC and they said each of the leaders can do whatever kind of gift they want. One of my favorites is the um, the chief people officer. He he gives out these culture vulture awards. He mm. went to the pet shop and he bought these squeaky toys that you give your dogs. <laughs> and it, he said it costs like four or five dollars. And that's his style. When I used to work for Gap, I remember there's this one guy who made the most amazing cookies. And when you would do something to help him, you'd get these. So everybody wanted to help him. So sure. I think the, the, the key is just you know, talk to other people, ask them what they do. You know, it's great learning from other people, but then figure out what's going to work best for you. Talk to your people, find out what, what, what style would work for them as well. Mm -hmm. And then just try a couple different things either at the same time or, or different times, have some fun with it. That's one of my main things about recognition that I love. It's one of those topics that it is fun. You know, how many things can we do that genuinely put a smile on someone's face. Absolutely. Yeah. It should be, it should be a fun all the way around, but yeah, I love that point though, about, you know, as you said, the example with the cookies, because I think when we, when we think about it that way, it's going to make it that much more genuine as well, that, that I really do believe in this, that I really do feel this and that I'm really trying to recognize you in the way that I, that I can best do so. Absolutely. And that's where you need to get to know your people. I know I gave them, my previous company, I gave an award to, I think we had 40 people in this one country who worked for three months to raise money for an orphanage. And I wanted to thank them. So I just had informal conversations with them all. And I found out that what they loved was doing those um, escape rooms. So my gift to them was I sent them all an escape room. To me, that would have been punishment, but (laughs) but to them, they loved it. 
Yeah, I agree. It would have been punishment for me as well. <laughs> so, you know, I think that a couple of the key things here that that resonate the most for me is that um, we talk about this often on the show, Deborah, is that we we tend to run our businesses such that we put in controls and we watch to catch people doing the wrong thing. Mm. Employee recognition is sh- shifts that. It's the opposite of that. Let's catch people doing the right thing. And what it does, not only does it lead to retention and productivity and all those things, but I think it, it obviously leads to a culture that's more positive for everybody, including me as the business owner, because it's more fun, right? Yeah. 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 I think it's a great way of, of, of saying it, catching people doing the right thing. And what are the things that you want them and others to do more often? Because so often we just assume that people are going to know it, but they don't know it. So by giving recognition, you're moving them along the maze of the uh, of the workday. Yeah. And it's it's so much more effective to communicate through recognition. Here's an example of how to do it well, as opposed through punishment. Here's what this person did wrong, right? So much more effective when you do that, I think. Yes. Yeah. So, do you know what? Sometimes I even recognize people when things didn't go well. Okay. So somebody I know has done an amazing job. They've really tried. Yep. And the results just didn't work out. Maybe they were working with the customer. It wasn't their fault and it all just went pear-shaped. Well, they still contributed. They still did something that I feel needs to be valued. Now, you know, would I give them a culture vulture toy? Maybe not, but would I write them a handwritten note or would I even just um, on one of our team calls, call it out so that people know that, you know what? It's okay when things don't don't go absolutely as planned. It's still something that we learn from, we move on, we talk about, we don't hide from it. Yeah, I love that because what that speaks to, you know, is that, again, that's a situation I'm I'm assuming you're thinking of where the employee tried all the best things. It's not like they uh, failed uh, repeatedly, in other words, made the same mistake again. They, They tried their best, but things didn't go well. It speaks to then this really is an environment where if you fail, it's okay as long as you didn't fail because of repeating the same mistakes, right? You failed because you were trying. You failed uh, beyond perhaps any fault of your own. And so you're, I think you're creating a culture that says it's okay that sometimes we fail. Absolutely. One of the best lessons I learned was um, Gary Ridge. He's the CEO of WD40. And he spoke at an event right before me and he talked about how we need to get rid of using the word mistakes and we need to call them learning opportunities and mm-hmm. learning moments. And I think mm-hmm. that's just such a lovely way of, of looking at life and, and looking at how we learn through the workplace. Agreed. All right. We, we've touched on it here. We've chatted about the books, but, but summarize for us the services that you do offer through Debco HR. Um, a little bit of everything. So any, anytime somebody wants to just, chat, bounce ideas, anything related to people. That's really where I am. I I try to draw from my 20 plus years of experience. And also the great thing about writing books is I learn every single time. If you read any of my books, I usually share at least 30 to 50 stories of what other people are doing. So really bounce ideas off of me, consult, come in and work with your teams, whatever works best for you guys. I'm really here to, as I said before, pay it forward through my support. And the the latest book is See It, Say It, Appreciate It, The Manager's Guide to Employee Recognition. And on the website, there's a lot of resources. So tell me a little bit about that and and where to go to find that. Yeah. So the website is debcohr.com. 
And there's a whole section, which is free resources. So every time I um, have a new book, I try to put a new resource out there. So for example, if you want to learn more about communications, that was my first book, Values. You don't have company values. You want to know where to begin. I've got resources. I've got blogs. So yeah, absolutely go there and hopefully it can give you a couple tips to help you. Absolutely. One small change can make a big difference. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Uh, speaking of books, we've mentioned your books. I'm going to have all of them linked in the show notes page of this episode at thehowabusiness.com. You mentioned a couple of other books. You mentioned The Second Curve by Charles Handy, I believe it was. And then you also mentioned Crave by, I think it was Craig Lederman. Mm -hmm. So lots of book recommendations there. And, and then I think in the back of one of your book, maybe the latest books, you have additional recommendations, right? So is that the latest book or do you usually do that in every book? I try to do it in every book because yeah. you know I don't come up with everything myself. I draw from a lot of other people and I want to give them credit. So a couple of the books that I've I've noted in my last um, book are things like, um, let's see, Bring Your Whole Self to Work by Mike Robbins, Think Again by Adam Grant, Unleashed by Francis Frey and Anne Morris, and Leading with Gratitude by Adrian Gostick and Chester Elton. Lots of good recommendation. You have Deborah's books, other recommendations, lots of information. Her website is is full of information that I reviewed as I was preparing for this conversation. So as business owners, I think we we have the responsibility to learn how to do this and we can do it better and, and well. And, and I think that's the challenge. But let's uh, wrap it up, Deborah. What's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation that we had about employee recognition and, and the benefits of that? I've said already about just the difference that it can make. And the reason that I have this title is, again, I want something easy so that we can remind ourselves of it. So the title of the book is See It, Say It, Appreciate It. So see it, look for recognition moments everywhere and anywhere. Say it, say it in meaningful and genuine ways and appreciate it, deliver that appreciation feeling. So Love try it. to remember that. The four things we must do, see it, say it, appreciate it. There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, tell us again the, the website to go to learn more. DebcoHR.com. And we'll have a link to that as well on the show notes page. Deborah, great conversation. Thanks for all of these insights and, and actionable tips and examples on how to do this well, how to begin to, if we haven't already, do employee recognition well. Thanks for being with me and sharing today. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for joining me on this episode of The How of Business. My guest again today was Deborah Corey. I release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find a show anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at my website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.